This week's episode is brought to you by Amazon Automotive. Amazon carries top brands and can even help non-automotive experts fix their cars and take control of their cars with Amazon Garage. Learn to install air filters, change your oil, and so much more. Just go to Amazon.com slash MyGarage and enter promo code SPIKE. That's my name, S-P-I-K-E, to receive $5 off on select orders over $25. That's Amazon.com slash MyGarage promo code SPIKE. Now, Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio, a downloadable cars and coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. All right, here we are, Spike's Car Radio, uh, recording Beverly Hills today, and uh, my guest, Fast and Loud's Richard Rollins. Richard, it's really nice to meet you. You and I have never met before, right? No, sir, we haven't, but uh, I've listened to a lot of your cast, and uh, you know, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Uh, thanks for stopping in. You know, uh, what? first of all, what are you doing here? Why are you in Beverly Hills? You don't seem like a guy that would be in Beverly Hills. So you'd be avoiding Beverly Hills. Yeah, I know, right? Because, you know, <laughs> when I get called here, it's usually because I'm in trouble by the agents or the lawyers or the or the network or somebody. You know? Do you so, get in trouble often on your show? Uh, well, you know, on the backside, I probably do, because I, I tend to push the envelope a little bit and bend the rules because, uh, you know, that's that's what makes our show a little different. Yeah, well, I'm going to I'm gonna get into it. I, I love the show. You know, I've learned a lot about a car television uh, by doing car matchmaker and one thing i've learned that i didn't know was the audience really likes a format they like the familiarity of of the beginning the middle and the end of a show and they like to come back for that and Mm -hmm. you know fast and loud it's 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 the biggest car show on television right now. Am I right about that? I believe so. I'm very humbled and blessed to be at that spot, <laughs> and I hope I stay here for a while. And you guys are headed into a new season. You know, I, I started Googling, because I do research for my guests. I, I want to know everything about what's going on. And I, I thought, well, it'll be easy to find out what your premiere date is, which I did get October 16th, coming up on Discovery Channel. But I found everything from season 5 to season 13, with no real answers what is what season are you headed into right now i cannot answer that <laughs> discovery kind of picks and chooses when they're going to break it it's it's i guess it relays on marketing uh what they're doing there but what uh, does that mean so you don't know what so, th- so that's this genuine confusion out there about what season you're in. i know i know and, and that's a discovery thing i don't get to decide that i know that right now at my shop we're filming episode like one 30 something wow 130 episodes so then so they carve them up then and then they separate them and they make they delineate the season yeah sometimes the season is six episodes sometimes it's eight i've seen it be as many as 10 right uh, it's just however they fish, fish it into their schedule and how long does it take you to make an episode of the show uh literally uh if you see us build a car in one episode like we we get the car and at the end of the episode it's finished that is about 20 days 20 uh, days. Start to finish. And that's paint, interior, everything. We don't go out of house except for interior. And uh, we're in the process of moving that in. And uh, we've got five to six guys at any one time. And we do one car. Uh, we film year-round, just like a regular job. Every day we go in, we get a week in the summer and a week in the winter for vacation. And, you know, unlike other shows that film for three or four months and then they take three or four months off, we film straight through. Wow. So every day you're shooting? Every single day. That's incredible. The full, I, the full I, film crew's there right now. 
They are. And and are you producing the show, or do you have a showrunner that's kind of keeping an eye on stuff, or are you just building cars? You know, how does it how does it work? Well, I am an executive producer, I, I guess in title, whatever that means to the network and to uh, the production company. But Pilgrim is uh, the production company, and uh, but at the end of the day. What I think is really great about uh, Fast and Loud is it's truly my shop. They're truly my employees. It's truly my investment, mm-hmm. my cars, my everything. And, and we have to sell them to keep the lights on. You know, so we really do do the work. And but do you have to sell them to keep the lights on now? At this point, you guys are making some pretty good TV money. Well, well you, are. you know, it, <laughs> everybody would like to think so, but this is still cable. It's not network. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I difference. work in cable. There's money in cable. Yeah, well, there's, 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 there's some cash. You're here in Beverly Hills, right? Because yeah. you're meeting with your agent. Yes. Well, you and, and I have the same agent. And now. Discovery gives me the, uh, the the wide open opportunity for up to $190 a night for my hotel. <laughs> right. Is that really what they do? <laughs> the, yes, that's my limit. Oh, that, see, now look. <laughs> If you're going to – everybody listening, if you plan on getting your own car show, this, this initial contract, there's a line in your first contract that says travel. You've got to get at yes. least business class there yes, in that exactly. initial card. They're going to screw you on the money for the weekly, but you can get this travel accommodation. That's a nice line that's easy to work, and, and, and I'm sure you could have worked that on your own. Where do you stay when you're out here? You probably don't want to say that because people will show up. But well, you I'm like to stay so. in really nice hotels. I, or I do. I consider motels. this as much a vacation as I can when yeah. I come out here because I am away from the cameras and I'm usually just doing meetings or things like this. So, right. uh, you know, I, I try to stay somewhere nice. And, w- and what are you doing out here? What are you looking for? Movie roles? Uh, no, no, I don't consider myself <laughs> an actor at, at, at all. Um, you know, unless you caught acting a fool. Uh, but uh, you know, now I've got meetings with uh, the agents and the lawyers today. I got meetings with the network. We're pitching a couple of more shows. Really? Uh, so how many shows do you have on Discovery right now? Right now I've got four. Four? Yes. There's a, there's a, there's a garage? Garage Rehab garage just started. Garage Rehab, right. Yeah, so that, what, what's the idea there? Is that like uh, you, you, you find a garage that's not working well, you go Correct. in and you make it work better? Yeah, we go in and uh, instead of kicking boxes and telling them how bad they suck, we really take a look at their business and why it's there and, and where it comes from and the, and the neighborhood and why, why they can or can't succeed. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, hopefully we've, we've taught them a little bit about business. We've gotten them uh, some better equipment and set them on the road to uh, profitability. Um, Are you appearing in that show too? Yeah, yeah. I'm, wow. I'm Are you in character. all four of these shows? Yes. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you see what I'm talking about, Will? See, there's yes. no money in cable. I have four shows on That's the biggest the cable network. <laughs> this is what I say. Richie Rich Rollins. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Richie Rich Rollins. Look at the number of Cartier bracelets you have on. <clears throat> That's seven more than I have. That Seven more than my wife has, as well, a matter of fact. You know, it's... Uh, <clears throat> You're making know. good money over there. That's amazing. It's well, good. I got a lot of I got a lot of business happy. interest, and I'm very happy with where I'm at. And I'm happy with my team. Whenever and, and you we're can, doing good. Whenever you can steal the money from the cable networks, it's good. <laughs> we <laughs> all like that because we've all been mistreated by these people, and and you're yes. you're grabbing the cash. So, what would you say? Getting back to garage rehab. What is the biggest mistake some of these garages make? What are like three tips you could give any garage, anybody who runs a garage? You know, uh, you're a car guy, and and so am I. So it, we we all have the same sickness. We want to hoard. We want to save. That, you know, we we like that extra door that looks cool hanging on the wall. And the next thing you know, you've got stuff everywhere. So one of the main things that I've seen after doing ten of these garages is. 
they keep everything and, and, and they never want to get rid of it. They never want to throw it away because who knows, one day you might need the rear right hand door handle for a 72 <laughs> Ford or right. Nova. You know? But in today's society, uh, with the internet being so proliferant, you don't need to hoard that stuff anymore because you can find that door handle for seven bucks. Right. And, and so, you know, that leads into the next thing of. So you, there's a lot of clutter you're saying in, in garages. One right? garage I just did, I carried out 22 dump trucks full of stuff i mean he had literally enough working space for like 16 bays and he had two two and a half bays that he could work out of everything else was just full of stuff yeah and uh that leads into you know the other part the only thing these guys have guys and gals for that matter have whether they're in paint and body or automotive or motorcycle or hot rods or whatever um is time and space and if you don't have the space on the floor then you're not going to be able to sell the time Mm -hmm. and you know and that's what you've got to have that's right why what now you know people when they when they they talk about shows on television. My show too. They always say there's a bunch of uh, fakery going on, and I always respond to them. And I go, it's it's more like massaged reality. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a car show, but it's also entertainment, and we have to we have to kind of cut corners and make things happen and, and make an episode for television. You really um, do. I mean, I do the same thing uh, to a point, but we always use the true numbers. Right. And you know, let's say I get on the the, the phone today and I get a, a car bought, you know, let's say it's a 69 Mach 1. Well, I'm not going to be able to rustle up 20 camera crew and put them all on a plane and go get it done this afternoon. Right, right. We just get the deal done and we go do it, you know, a So few you, days you later. might just delay the deal till you can get cameras on it. Correct. What about, what about negotiations? You know, that's a, that's a tricky part. You know, is, is that a little more choreographed? Or? It is not. The way that I do that is uh, I do the deal because obviously mm-hmm. I'm on the phone with the guy or I'm on the internet and I get the deal done. Okay. Um, but when the cameras go up, we do it exactly where we started. If the guy wanted twenty five grand and I talked him down to seventeen, that's exactly what we do with the camera. You were you. I was watching an episode where you were selling a, a, a Corvette to a friend of yours. Some, you know, I forget what it was, but it was a nice Corvette. And you you said, "I want uh, forty for this." Uh, but tell you what, just in the interest of getting it done, I'll, you know, I'll give it to you for thirty-five. And he said, "Deal done." And the guy said, "I would have given you forty. I would have given you forty-five. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it happens. I mean, you're not, you, so you're buying. Are you looking at specific um, budgets for these cars to keep your audience in mind? You know, every, you know, just just the other day on. Um, my show just moved to, to NBC Sports, so I have a whole new audience over there. And immediately they let me know what they thought about my show. Oh, yes, <laughs> they, they were, did. They were very upset that I was offering cars to this buyer that were over $50,000. Because I, I kind of believe the car thing is aspirational, and I grew up, you know, without any money. But I love seeing really cool cars, you know. <clears throat> Do you have a budget in mind when um, on your shows for your cars? Is there a number that you don't go over, or are you guys all over the place? No, we've been all over the place. I mean, we we built a wrecked uh, Ferrari F40 and sold it for <clears throat> six hundred thirty-something thousand. You know, you know, I've seen that car out in Malibu, right? Yeah, is I heard it, it's yeah, around yeah, here now. It's, it's it out went here. out east for a while, and now it's back over it's here. It's Super cool, it yeah. is, and it's it's a it's a much better, faster, leaner, meaner F40. I don't care what anybody says, and, and Forza even said so themselves. But uh, so I try not to stay in any one gamut of uh, monetary value, and I try to spread the gap. But at the end of the day, I also want to always – that's what we do with the secondary cars in the episode is we want people to understand that it doesn't matter how much you do or don't have. I mean, right. when, we grew up, when I grew up, my dad worked three jobs just to make a living, but he always had a, a Maverick or a Mustang or something that was his. It wasn't the coolest one on the block, but right, right. that was the one he was proud of. You right. know? So. You don't have to have a lot of money to be in this, uh, you know, in this uh, enthusiast network that we're in. What did you? What did your dad do? My dad was a, a produce manager uh, most of my childhood, and then he had a newspaper route. 
uh, morning and afternoon. Mm-hmm. You had two papers in the day I back then. I love the produce guy. I and, used to work uh, in the produce aisle. Oh, at, at uh, Hockamock Farms. Yeah, let me it's tell you. a nice place. It smells good. Yes, yes. I'll tell you how. How uh, I guess the word would be white trash. I am in in uh, Fort Worth, Texas, where I was born. They put your dad's uh, not only occupation but his place of employment on your birth certificate. So my birth certificate from 1969 in Fort Worth, Texas, literally says Piggly Wiggly on it. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. Why do they do that? I have no idea. They don't do it anymore, but, oh, but that's, uh, great. that's so, where my dad was see, working when I was born. <clears throat> so then he's also a car guy. He's also an inspiration to you. Yeah, he always was. He was never a mechanic, but uh, he was always very proud and kept his stuff clean and perfect. I mean, it might even had scratches and dings, but it was the cleanest one on wow. the block. Wow. And so what did you grow up like really like wanting? Was it always the American cars that you were into? Yeah, yeah. I was always an American car guy as a kid. Um, I had uh, my first car was a 74 uh, Mercury Comet. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is basically a Maverick with a couple extra chrome. How old are you now? 15, 16? Um, 15. Yep. Yeah. And uh, by the time I graduated high school, I I'd bought and sold and traded through cutlasses and station wagons and everything else. And uh, So you were doing this in high school. Yeah. You were buying and selling. So, Do you remember your first sale? Uh, yeah, yeah. Your first I sold, flip I, I that sold you made the money? Comet. Uh, I traded it uh, for some cash and uh, a Spirit of '76 two door Impala. <laughs> to who? <laughs> I don't know. Just a guy <laughs> down the street. But uh, you know, and I was flipping motorcycles, <clears throat> and uh, I had some funny stuff along the way. Uh, but you know, when I graduated, I did have a '77 Bandit Trans Am with T top. So wow. I had worked my way up. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. And then, where do you go after high school? What do you do? You know, because um, you've had a lot of interesting jobs, right? Weren't you yeah. a firefighter and yeah, a police officer? Yeah, I was officer? a firefighter, police officer, and medic before I was old enough to drink. Uh-huh. So I pretty much went straight into the service there. <laughs> uh, when you're service. a medic, what kind of training did you have? Were you driving an ambulance around Texas? Uh, not around Texas, but around the town that I worked in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was where I worked. You uh, you could be. Um, uh, police officer and 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 firefighter and medic for a while. So you were either driving a cop car, you were uh, on a box, or you were driving a fire. And truck. what kind of training did you get? Any? Oh yeah, They'd no. Just I give went you a to, gun and a badge. No, no. I had to go to <laughs> police academy for uh, six months, and and then uh, was trying to get a police job at the time. And uh, when I turned in an application at one place, it was the same application, you know, which was back then it was like an right, inch and a right. half thick. To be a firefighter, and I was like, "Eh, I'll throw it in there." So, were you? Did you make any big bust? Did you ever shoot anybody? No, but I got shot. <laughs> <laughs> I took a bullet in '92. Really? Yeah, yeah. It came on a in stop? On shoulder and came out down. Look here. at that! He's got a big scar from yeah. elbow to bicep. Yeah. Uh, wow. So, um, so wait, how did you get that on traffic stop? Carjacking. Wow. I was young, and you know, like I said, I was underage even. Uh, but this was happened when I was 22, and I just. For some reason, I wouldn't carry my gun when I went out drinking at the honky tonks and what have so you. So you weren't buddies. in the uniform at that moment. No, no. I, and I stopped by on the way home to get a burger, and uh, a couple of bad guys came up from behind and started shooting. What do you mean? <coughs> Explain that to me. I <coughs> gave the lady my order, and uh, uh, I'm sitting there, and I heard her take. She took my twenty dollar bill, and she shut the window, and I heard her lock it, which was real weird. It clicked lock. And, yeah. And by the time I looked in my rearview mirror, two guys were already coming up from behind. Uh, you know, the building, I reached down from where I kept my gun and it wasn't there because I didn't carry it. And I'm like, shit. And I threw it in gear and uh, took off, ran over the bushes and what have you. And I'm, and I'm got my hand, I'm shifting through the gears and I couldn't understand why mm-hmm. I wasn't steering. And it was because my arm, had just kind of fell oh, limp because I'd been shot. Oh no. But, uh, you know, it, it worked out because if, if I'd have had my gun, I guarantee you I'd be dead because they were already shooting as I was reaching yeah. for it. So yeah, or you, know. you may have shot somebody, and then you have to live with that. It's it's yeah, still like not that. pleasant, you know. 
especially now that you have a TV show. That's where you're headed. All right, we're going to be back with more Richard Rollins in a second. Need to shop top automotive brands for your car like K&N, PowerStop, Chemical Guys, Bosch, and more? Now you can do it with Amazon Automotive. They let you shop auto parts, tools, and accessories quickly and easily from your PC or mobile device. And learn to do the installations yourself with Amazon's My Garage. Go to Amazon.com slash MyGarage to get started. And be sure to use promo code SPIKE for $5 off select orders over $25. That's Amazon.com slash MyGarage promo code SPIKE. Hey, it's Adam Carolla. Now, if you're hearing my voice, it means you like podcasting. And if you like podcasting, well, then you're going to love my show. Lots of funny segments, good bits, great guests, and, of course, moi. That's Mexican for me. So, Check it out at Podcast One, iTunes, or wherever you, you listen to find podcasts. The Adam Corolla Show. Throw it on your phone. It's free. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. All right, we're back with self-admitted petrosexual motorhead Richard <laughs> Rollins. That's what Discovery calls you, right? Petrosexual. Yes. <laughs> that, that was in one of the early uh, releases, yes. You know, and I, 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 I've been, I read that there's some Aaron Kaufman news going into this season. Now, he's, he's your master mechanic, right? And he's suddenly off the show this year. You're, you're doing your first season without him? Do I have that right? Yeah, yeah. This will be our first season without him. Uh, he kind of <laughs> faded into black uh, at the uh, end of last season. And, uh, you know, he's got his own thing going on now. You've you got to love the, uh, the networks out there. They, they take the talent and cultivate them into something else and put them Why, against What's you. he doing? He's got another show? <laughs> yeah. He's going to history? No, he's staying on Discovery with the he, same network, same people, same production company, same everything. Let's but go up against him. Oh, I see. <laughs> but that that's complimentary pro- programming. We call that shoulder programming, right? It's still – do you get a piece of that? Because you, you made the guy, right? Don't you get a little sliver of that? Hey, I'll go on the no comment on is that Is that one. one of the four shows? No, it is <laughs> so not one of the four. five shows. No, God, it's what not. A place. And, and no, I've been, uh, I've been excommunicated from that. <laughs> <clears throat> well, you know, it, clearly you're keeping Discovery uh, on the air at this point. So <laughs> how do you get from getting shot, uh, getting takeout to a car show? Like, take me through it. You know, uh, after I left uh, being a police officer, fire fighter. Uh, I didn't really know what I want to do. Stumbled into printing and advertising and, and did fairly well in that. And, and What does uh, that mean, printing and advertising? I uh, built a, a printing company from the ground up in Dallas, which um, actually survived the big crash and what have you. So and, with the Heidelberg printing yeah, press type yeah, deal? I used yeah, to work in a place like to, uh, that. Yeah, all the way up to 40-inch eight-color equipment. Wow. Uh, did literally you do, the, did it. you do the supermarket labels, the little, like, Ah, oh, we did everything. I mean, you name it. A lot of printing companies specialize in certain things, and when I say printing and advertising, most of my stuff was the you know the brochures and the product right, folders right. and the company descriptions and yeah. you know all the flash in the pan stuff that mm-hmm. companies uh, give out. And uh, so I had an in-house design firm and in-house film firm and, and plating and you know all of it. And uh, you know which was odd back then. A lot of mm-hmm. places back then you. You, you went to your agency and had it designed, and they went to a pre-press house to have the, the, the proofs done, and then they brought it back to you, and all this circle jerk until you got back to the printing press. And I kind of was one of the, the first people to bring it into one house, and, you, which are, now it's all digital. You still flipping cars at this point? Yeah. yeah. You're still, the whole way through your life, you're yeah, flipping cars Yeah, that was just kind of what on. I like to do on the side. Okay, yeah. so you got your printing company. You sell that? I did. I sold it. Uh, Make some money, and, buy and, some cars. It wasn't a lot. It was just <laughs> enough. And... Uh, you know, I'd lay there and I watched the shows that were on back then, which were predominantly motorcycle shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
And I liked them. I was a motorhead. I, I got into it. But at the end of the day, I was like, there's so much bravado that my, my wife and kids at the time wouldn't watch with me. They're, you know, I'm, so I'm left alone watching the show. And then at the end, I felt deflated because I was like, God, I can't afford a $200,000 motorcycle. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so um, yeah, I was sitting there after I saw my company and I told my wife, I said, you know what? I said, I think there's room for somebody, you know, or, or a, a, a brand and a, and a company that is is not so much tough guy, uh, but still is a cool car guy and still likes to have fun and do burnouts and, and ride motorcycles and drive fast cars and what have you and, and, and make it more of a family affair. And that's kind of where Gas Monkey came from was wanting the kids and dads and moms and everything to be involved uh, and, and not yeah, alienate a lot them. of a lot of people have these ideas in their homes, but you're you're still in Texas at this point. Yes. That's not exactly the center of show business. No. So when you wasn't. tell your wife and she goes, uh, she goes, yeah, what, whatever. Take so the garbage I, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I started get, get me get the. I'm getting dinner ready. Put the kid. You know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I How know. do you get from that moment to to right here? Well, you know, it was perseverance. I banged on the doors. I, I studied all the other guys and gals that were on TV at the time, and I kind of put my dream team together. It's like, okay, this is why they failed. Or this is where they're going wrong. And and, and, and where do day, you find this dream team around Texas? No, I was here. I was I was basing my study out here in, uh, in in La La Land, and it came in that it was it was it was Discovery, it was Pilgrim, it was CAA, it was you know all of this. But team how do that you I've even get there? Is what I'm saying. You know, so Just, so you you've sold this company. Do you start the garage first? Yes. You start the garage first yes. with the idea of it just being a, a working garage where you're going to build stuff, right? Well, it was the idea to make a living, yes. Right, but the, right. But the, the ultimate goal was hopefully to get something on TV. But to, you to, had to earn the street cred. You had right, to get right. out there. I mean, me and Aaron traveled the coast to coast in an 18-wheeler with a couple of our show cars <laughs> for like four years. Right. I mean, and, and going to flea markets and car shows and wherever, selling T-shirts and trying to put the word out. And, you know, it, it took a long time to get the street cred enough to even start making magazines. So, so 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 you, who do you pitch first like where's your first phone call from Texas to get a show on television Well back then I was hitting up Spike uh they were fairly Spike popular TV. yeah okay. they were they were on the cusp of doing really well back then and mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what happened to them are they around anymore They're now <laughs> transitioning to the Paramount network okay. and uh and yeah yeah they are they, my my good buddy who used to do cue cards for Letterman uh, runs the network they right do on. very well they're doing very well well, that's good. Uh, so I was hitting them up, and then, you know, like I said, through studying the other people that had gone before me, I decided that it had to be Discovery. It had mm -hmm. to be a one-hour show. It had to be okay. CAA. It had to be Pilgrim. Uh, Craig was the most, uh, you know, proliferant at the time. And how did you know him? Just I because you, you saw the, the end I, card of the show? or Yeah, I just picked up the phone and started dialing for dollars, so to speak, <laughs> or, or dialing for episodes. I love it. That's <laughs> you fantastic. Know? And I just fought it down, and, and I, I think at one point, uh, Pelagian got tired of me calling. Uh, he's like, you've been calling me for three years. And I said, this is going to work. You're not listening. And uh, it was it was five hard years of pitching uh, the show before they finally bit off on it. Wow. So so Craig first, you finally wear him down. He brings you in, and then he. Well, brings I was hitting Discovery at the same time too. At the I mean, same time, and I was hitting Spike. I was hitting you know anybody that would listen. So what is that meeting like? You finally get this meeting. You get everybody in a room. They turned me down three times. You, <clears throat> so wait, you pitched the show three times, three, and they let you back two different times. Two different after times that. because you know how, how did how did, how did that happen? Management always changes. You know how that goes. Oh yeah, you know, that's it's right. It's like playing shoots and ladders <laughs> when you're trying to get a show sold. You'll get all the way to the top <laughs> and you think you got it done and. Exactly. No, I was just hearing about that on the way over here to the studio. <laughs> exactly. Someone we knew so, uh, disappearing all of a sudden. Yeah, they deal they with do. it. And uh, that's great. So, three times it took. Boy, that's amazing. So you. The, the the executives disappear. You got let's go. Let's take another go at this. The third team comes in. 
But Pelagian's with you the whole time. He believes in you, Craig yeah, and Pilgrim. Sure. And then you you finally have the moment where they go, what, what, take us into that moment. So you They didn't tell sh- me then. They just listened again. They listened again. And, and I told them it would work. And they it, most of their fear was that people wouldn't understand cars. And I'm like, it's still a motorcycle and wheels and brakes. I mean, what is your problem? Because they were just so sold on motorcycles at the time. Right. And uh, then they were worried that I couldn't produce a car that fast. Right. Um, and I'm like, it's still wheels and tires and brake and, you know, yeah. I can do this. And uh, so they didn't tell me anything. And uh, about six days later, Greg calls and tells me, hi, oh, we got it. We're doing good, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, let me get my shit together. And, you know, let me let me get everything set and, and we'll get ready to start filming. He goes, no, I'll be down there on Monday. <laughs> like, what? what did they order? Order a pilot, or they ordered uh, six, six out of the episodes. Shoot. They wow, ordered amazing. six out of the shoot. Did you lose your mind at that moment? Did, yeah. Were you freaking out? I was because you know, obviously, uh, you know, beginning, I knew that was it was one last chance, and and uh, I was like, Godly, you know, this is this is all the marbles on the table. Yeah, and your friends, I'm sure at that point, are rolling their eyes at you, going, "This guy and his stupid TV show. He's never going to get this thing right." Oh yeah. And then you walk in. Whose mind was blown the most? I think my wife's. I mean, she was just like, you did what? I said, I got it done. Because when I pulled up with the first car that, that had the gas monkey name on it. Right. She, and it was back then, rat rods were all the rage. You right. Know? And it's spitting oil and, and backfiring and rusty and everything. And she's watering the flowers. And she goes, I hope you know what the fuck you're doing. And I said, I got this, baby. Don't worry about it. Yeah, because you look like a lunatic. And before this happens, you look crazy. I, I have m- uh, much personal experience with this. You know, coming from a small town in Massachusetts, and most notably when I was telling my friends that I was going to be going on Fox and being their new late night host. And it, we went through two network presidents, and the first one who picked up my show suddenly uh, left the network, and then another guy had it took me a year to convince him. So I had a full year of me telling my friends that I'm going to be the next uh, uh, Fox late night host. Yeah. <laughs> and them just rolling their eyes, going, Yeah, of course you are. Well, yeah, yes, they're, they're coming after Spider. Mike Ferriston, that's who they want, this goofball nerd writer <laughs> to host their late night schedule. And, you know, you you don't notice it until the job happens, and then you, you're you with your friends the next time, and they tell you the truth. They go, look, man, we thought you were criminally insane. Yes. We thought you were out of your mind and just speaking crazy. I still I, have I some friends it. that I had back then that run into me, and they're like, holy shit. You know, <laughs> you screamed and talked about this for years, and, and now look at it. You God, know? it's so great. I love hearing stories like that. But we got it's... off to six, and I think that when the first one was in the can, they ordered six more immediately before wow. it ever aired. Yeah. Well, now, you know, uh, you know, I have a production company. I'm, I'm making the rounds. All I hear about is we want shows like your show. We want shows that appeal to that audience because those are the folks watching TV right now. And 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 to hear you say all that was working was motorcycle shows. Nobody wants motorcycle shows. No, no. Nobody watches mo- I love motorcycles, yes. but nobody watches motorcycle well, shows. Well, it's 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 a, it's a difference. We're really approachable, you know, not only myself but my entire staff and we we hang out with the families and the kids and the moms and the dads and you know, I'm I'm still a goatee uh, I guess semi-tough guy with some tattoos but i got a poodle you know and i don't wear a bandana you know? <laughs> he has a poodle we'll be right back with richard rollins after this hey if you're like me you've always wanted to fix your own car but never felt empowered enough to actually do it 
You never know if you're buying the right part or even if it's going to fit. Well, now you can check Fitment online of millions of parts using Amazon's Part Finder tool. All you have to do is enter the year of your car, the make, the model, and Amazon will tell you if it fits. That means if you find the part, you just look down and it goes, yep, there you go. You, your 98 uh, Porsche C2S uh, side light, that lens, that's it. It's going to work for your car. You're not going to get it and then open it up and then have to send it back and get the right part. Get started by going to Amazon.com slash MyGarage and start shopping their comprehensive automotive catalog. Be sure to use promo code SPIKE for 5 bucks off select orders over $25. That's Amazon.com slash MyGarage, promo code SPIKE. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. All right, we're back with Richard Rollins. Fast and Loud uh, premieres Monday, October 16 on Discovery Channel. They took the the out of Discovery Channel, didn't they? It's I now think they just did. Discovery. <laughs> Discovery. That was probably Channel. a marketing. Uh, they probably had seventeen meetings on that and took two years to make the decision. <laughs> now, Gas Monkey Garage. Do you own Gas Monkey Garage outright, as far as all the branding and yes. the merch and that whole deal? How yeah. were you able to keep that separate? Uh, that was the one thing that I did do right in the early contracts. Is I kept that separate. Uh, they even wanted to call the show Gas Monkey at first, and I was like, No way. <laughs> this is something I've I've owned for twelve, fifteen years. Yeah. And I'm going to keep it separate. And uh, and I think that's the plan because nobody's going to buy a Fast and Loud t-shirt, let's face it. But they'll buy a no, Gas they'll, Monkey No, they'll mess up the merchandise. The reason, if, you, if you're wondering why I asked that question, if you have your own brand now that isn't owned by the network, all the money goes to you. And if you're making a car show, you want to have that little separation because otherwise you just get a percentage of the merch if the network is selling it and then that definition – Oh. You're getting screwed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you, you know. know, they're going to make a ton of dough off you. Well, I actually reversed <clears throat> it. I gave them a little piece. <laughs> you did. That's and, good. Yeah, so I Dis- love this. Discovery's got their hand in a little bit, and uh, Craig Pelligian does too. And so oh, they have a, a, an added so uh, incentive to help us push that. you got to give me a show. you got to give me just something. What? Maybe you're a receptionist. Can I do something with your receptionist? <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what does she do? I don't have one. <laughs> I mean, it, literally, I do everything on the cell phone. I don't even know if we have phones <clears throat> at, my, at my shop to tell you the truth. That everybody operates on their cell. All right, now, now let, let's talk about cars and collecting cars. Do you collect cars aside from buying and selling? What do you collect? Uh, you know what? I, be, similar to the show, I'm into everything across the board. I, I don't really particularly have this one thing other than 32 Fords. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a 32 Ford guy through and through. To me, that's where hot rodding started. But other than that, I collect anything and everything. My, my, my collection is always different and i say my collection people come into my warehouse and they're like oh my god you know all these years and i'm like well technically but i'm also Mm -hmm. selling cars so right they're all for sale i have only about four or five that i'd never sell so you have four or five what are those cars Uh, i've got my uh shelby mustang that's uh um uh from the thomas crown affair Mm -hmm. uh the one that's all lifted on uh dirt tires and all that i've got my the first car that gas monkey ever made i was actually able to buy it back Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago it's a 52 fleet line I've got the first car we ever made on television, which was a Model A, and uh, then I've wow. got about uh, three 32 Fords. I've got a Roadster and two three windows. And <clears throat> Why uh, does one need three 32 Fords? To me, they're like money in the bank. They never yeah. go down. They wow. just always go up. Now, you don't see the spikes like you do with some of the Porsche stuff that's going on now or the, the Italian uh, things that are happening, but... Uh, you know, between uh, German and, and, and Italy cars, the, sure, you're going to see these massive spikes in these cars selling for massive right. money, but 32 Ford just 
just like a savings account, just keeps going up. And you, and you drive these cars? I do. And, I, and I pretty much just pick one. I'm kind of like Jay <laughs> Leno. You know, I'm just telling my guys I'm going to drive that one today. And that's and that's what you drive drive around. Uh, do you race it all? Do you go to the track? Or I don't personally drive, <laughs> but I do have some race teams. I've got a uh, uh, two NHRA teams, Top A Fuel and uh, wow. and uh, Pro Stock teams, and we've got a Monster Jam truck team. Um, and that uh, tours the the nation right now, and um, we've got a rally truck and uh, a Baja truck, and you know I've got my hands in some of that racing. Yeah, but I'm not the racer is there, guy. Is there, is there any better way to lose money than racing? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. The best way to have a million dollars in racing is to start with two. That's right. <laughs> wow, Richie, Rich, Do you, what, you have restaurants and energy drinks. I'll bet. Yeah, yeah, I've got uh, <laughs> I've got seven seven restaurants now, and and three are being, seven restaurants three are being built. Yeah, we've got Gas Monkey Bar and Grills. Uh, Where can we find a Gas over. Monkey Bar and Grill? Uh, there's two in Dallas, one at the DFW Airport. There's one down at Fort Hood. Right. There's one in Key West. There's one being built at Foxwoods, Connecticut. Oh man. Uh, I've got Ramstein, Germany, uh, Fort Bragg, and Fort Bliss all going on to military bases. I'm actually, really? Yeah, I'm actually doing the some kind of uh, uh, in a. Um, uh, USO trip uh, for Thanksgiving. I'm going to have uh, Thanksgiving dinner in uh, November with the troops in South Korea. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't stay there too long. Yeah, you know. <laughs> just uh, just read the newspaper get a before picture, you get to uh, South Get a picture Korea. peeing over the line or something. <laughs> I just would worry about an atom bomb dropping on my head, but let's hope that doesn't now, happen. No, we've got all that. The energy drink's going good. We've got a, a tequila, a vodka, and a rum. Wow. Um, How do you keep an eye on all this stuff? Do you get – I've you got know, a great team. and uh, you know That's the, good. So you can delegate. You, you're not – you don't have to go and try every appetizer and every taste of tequila. I do, Some people. You I do, do, though, because I, what I found also, you know, I said I studied the people before, and mm-hmm. what really uh, impressed me the most was, yes, they would license everything out, and they seemed like this right. big, giant brand, right. but they were just licensing. So other than, like, T-shirts and things like that, I'm an active and usually the, the largest percentile owner of everything I do. Right. And that keeps us from just being this brand that, you know, some guys went out and raised, you know, all this money, and mm-hmm. we're going to build all this stuff. Right. And it's all fluff, and all the money goes away, and all the things go under. And so, we, you know, like my restaurants, my tequila, my energy drink, everything, these are things that I actually physically own. Right. You know, and you must be thinking someday. Not someday. now. Someday. Yes. Maybe I will sell the whole thing as one big fat package. And, and well, where would you, where would you move? I'm going to the islands. <clears throat> you go to where to the islands? So you're a Jimmy Buffett type deal. I, I don't know if I'm, I'm that much islandy, <laughs> but, uh, you know, a nice boat in the islands would be, uh, would be pretty stellar. Wow. Boy, that's amazing. You will win her. I love when I meet these TV winners. It's hard. It's getting harder and harder to be a TV winner. I don't know, if, you, I'm a, I don't think, know if I'm a winner yet. I'm still a trier. You, oh, you're well on your way, sir. I'm with, a trier. F- with five shows and all of these businesses and this big brand. It's amazing. I'm very happy for you. I'm very happy to meet people who do this, who come to Hollywood and then leave with a big sack Full of cash. Well, I haven't gotten the sack full of cash yet. I'm <laughs> oh, still, you have it. I'm still getting berated. We can all see it. <clears throat> and, um, you know, th- this show, they must be just wanting to keep it on forever, right? I hope so. We're changing it up, the recipe, a little bit. But like you said, they so, do. So how do like so? A what, what differences can you talk about in this new season? Well, I think you're going to see us uh, expand our horizons a lot uh, with uh, the departure of Aaron. We're getting to build some things that uh, I think appeal to the masses a little more than just big wheels and dropping them. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we're getting to have some fun with that. And then... We're, uh, you know, we're adding a little bit more element of the family uh, part of of our shop. I mean, 
we've all been working, excuse me, we've all been working together forever. And, uh, you know, we, we, we live, eat and breathe this stuff, you know, so, um, it, it's going to be a little bit more fun to see a little bit more of the back of the house. Does your wife ever want to be in the show? She's been in a couple of spots, you know, <clears throat> uh, happens to get in there, but she's, <laughs> she doesn't really like the camera. But, she doesn't. Uh, that's good. Yeah, I know. She doesn't. What about, in... what about kids? Uh, I've got a, a son that's uh, from uh, a previous uh, girlfriend and mm-hmm. uh, then I've got a, she has a son that's from a previous. So we never had any together. I think that's the secret. Yeah. And <laughs> yes. are they, how old are the kids? 20 and 22. 20 and 22. So what are they doing? What do they want to do? Oh man. Uh, one of one of them is, uh, you know, still struggling to find his way and mm-hmm. uh, the, the 20 two-year-old has graduated and uh he runs one of uh, the other companies that uh, sue and i own so oh great we've got some other ventures <clears> that... do they like cars too because what you know I have, I have two boys one of them is really into cars one of them couldn't care less i don't think either of them are really into it like like you Isn't and i that weird I mean, yeah and, why know. do you suppose that is i don't know i guess the apple falls far from the tree because <laughs> do you, I, well, I sometimes wonder it's just it's because it's uh, what dad is into mm-hmm. i'm not going to be into it Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> like, we, you know, I didn't have a cool dad. I had a dad that drove a Ford Granada that he used as his own personal ashtray, right? And it was <laughs> silver with red style. velour. And it had, I swear, I'm not lying, on the first day that it came new, he put he put holes in it right in the seat just from the ash falling on. <laughs> so, like, I I already liked cars. I've always liked them. But, uh, you know, it was it was my thing. You know what I mean? But now to have a dad with all this stuff going on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's just that 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 little bit of rebellion that if maybe he's going to be uh, I don't know maybe there'll be accountants or something. Yeah, well. a cool dad like this. I don't know what I would do with that. <laughs> I don't know. You'd probably uh, decide you want to be an accountant. <laughs> what is your when when you you know you're on a bar stool and you're talking to your buddies? What are your what's your greatest find? Like what's the one you go? This is really the one that blew me away. Which car? Um. You know, we found a 365 Ferrari in a barn uh, about three years ago. That was pretty wicked cool because it had been sitting there since uh, 78 or 79. Wow. Uh, but uh, usually my favorites are like their true barn find. Like uh, we just finished an episode where we found a two-owner 1934 Ford five-window coupe on 19th Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I mean, we're talking downtown <laughs> Tulsa, Oklahoma, on a main thorough, you know, on a main street with yeah, all these houses. Yeah. And somehow this guy's car sat in his in, in his back uh, shed for it's amazing, you know, isn't since it? the fifties. They're they're everywhere. They, they are, are still everywhere. Out there. They're out there. I I, I remember driving uh, down my street here in Hollywood. I don't know if you know where Doheny Drive is, but I used to live up there. Um, and looking through the gate of this house that I'd driven by a, a bunch of times and seeing this little blue 356 with a broken window cool. and going, huh, look at the front bumper of that thing. That looks like a, a Carrera, a, a GT strip. What would that be doing? It's not the right, that's not the right strip for that bumper because the only, there were only 20 cars that had that. Well, but why wow. would that just be sitting there? And then uh, a few weeks later, driving up the street with Seinfeld going, hey, let's go look at this thing and finding this Carrera GT 356 4 cam. Wow. Uh, just sitting there in a guy's front yard, rusting. Knock on the door, and uh, this uh, this guy's girlfriend and her uh, delightful jean shorts answers and set, tells us this amazing story about this. This is this guy's grandmother's car, and she rallied it around Africa, and she recently died and sent the car, and you know, wow, what, it's just sitting in a guy's front yard. You know, that's a car that's worth about a million bucks right now. Seinfeld eventually uh, liberated it from the guy. <laughs> <laughs> We're using what uh, a little theory we call seed theory, which is, you know, when we met this fella, he said, there's no way I'm selling you this car. This is my grandmother's car. 
I'm a screenwriter. I'm going to write a movie about it. And uh, I, I think New Line's uh, interested in buying it. And I'm going to have New Line Cinemas restore the car, is what he said. Mm-hmm. A movie company restore one of the rarest Porsches with a little, like, jewel box engine, four cam engine, of which there are a couple of guys who can work on it. And we said, well, that's going to be a huge disaster. And we said, if you, you know, if you, if you want to sell it, I know you won't, but why? Just, just remember, you know, Jerry will buy this thing. He's got the mechanics. He'll put it back together, and really, you know, it'd be a nice tribute to your grandmother. He said, there's no way that's happening. Well, twelve months later, he sold it. Yeah. Just every month, just kept knocking on. Hey, how's that car coming? How's the New Line Cinema restoration coming? Exactly. Now I have an entire car. notebook. I do the exact same thing, and, and I do it. What easily. are your best tips to give us? One of your tips for you know because we all you know covet somebody's car. Just get, just keeping up with them. I mean, you got to play that game exactly like you're talking about. You call it what the seed game? Yeah, you just call. I got seed. a list of guys that I call every Christmas Eve. During the day, and I'm just like, hey, right. You know, but you, how, you know, w- 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 say I have something you want. Will you, on that very first moment, if we don't know each other, will you call up and go, look, what do you say to me? Do you say, I really want that car? Do you say, hey, I really love this car you have? You know, if you're ever thinking about selling it, you know, please. It depends. If, if I'm buying it for myself, then, then I'll tell them the truth. But if I'm buying it to sell it, you know, I'll also tell them the truth. I'll go, look, I'm going to buy the car. I'm going to put it together. You, you know, it doesn't look like you're going to get to it. And I think I can I can get to that car, you know, and I think I can get it put back together and I'll take you for a ride in it. We'll have uh-huh. some fun and then then we'll sell it on down the line. And don't you feel like you're in a weak position to negotiate at that point? Because now that I'm on TV, it's it's a bad spot. <laughs> but I mean, even 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 so, just expressing desire for the car and saying I really want this. I always feel like now I don't really have uh, leverage in that negotiation. Yeah, right. So th- there's a there's a fellow who lives uh, next to a friend of mine who's got an old 356 that I saw in his front yard. Maybe I think it was last summer. Silver black. It's got a hundred thousand miles, dinged up, but it's a one owner car. The guy bought it on his honeymoon, and he's cool. still driving. Old old guy. And I'm a 1964 Spike Ferriston. That's that's what year I am. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought hey, this is a car. If I can liberate this from this guy, I love this story. I like the guy too. This is a perfect car for me to 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 buy and take it to the end of my life and then give it to somebody else at the end of it. But that guy realized he had a lot of leverage in the conversation. He asked and he said, "Look, I'll sell it to you for this number." And it was a ridiculous number. Oh yeah. And I said, "Now and now I don't and I don't know how to come back at him with something reasonable cuz we're very far apart." Well, you just got to tell him that's a ridiculous number. Here's, here's, here's really what it's worth. You know, here's what it's worth, and here what, here's what I'll pay. Uh, I just feel it's very impolite to do to knock on, knock on the door of a guy's house who I'm already bothering, who wasn't selling his car, to go, "Hey, your number's pretty pretty yeah, stupid." Yeah, yeah. But do I need to get over that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you'd be surprised how many cars you get just by sticking with them. And and, and the one thing that that I learned from a, a very old guy in the car business who's no longer with us, he told me, he goes, "Son." Because you can buy a ten thousand dollar car all day long for five grand if you have it in your pocket. Oh, there you go. You know, right. so the guy might say, "Hey, I want ten grand for that." You say, "Hey, that's ridiculous," but I have five right now. Yeah, and you might you take that car with you. <laughs> yeah, that's what I call Joe Kennedy theory. He, he, I remember reading something about Joe Kennedy and saying, "If if the money's in your hand, you close the hand." <laughs> you know, people will make that deal. Yes, they will. All right, how? Where are we at? We got to take a break. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with Richard Rollins. 
If you don't know the greatest feature of Amazon's My Garage by now, you'll be glad you stuck around. With My Garage, you can check out Amazon's library of automotive video content and learn to install things like an air filter, change your oil, or just check out tips for driving off-road. Plus, you can buy with confidence using their customer Q&A to review products and do your research. Go to Amazon.com slash MyGarage and use promo code SPIKE, my name SPIKE, for five bucks off, select orders over $25. That's Amazon.com slash MyGarage, promo code SPIKE. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. All right, we're back with Richard Rollins. What is this world record for the Cannonball Run thing that I read about you? Oh, man, that was Road so- trip covering 2,811 miles from New York to Los Angeles by finishing the drive in 31 hours and 59 minutes and averaging 87 miles per hour. When was this? Uh, 2007, Mother's Day weekend. <laughs> of and, course. Uh, you know, but there's still people out there every day trying to uh, beat the Cannonball record. It's not a sanctioned event. It's just <laughs> something that, you know, guys that are into this stuff and, and, and love the old movies and everything still kind of get together. So, wait, you got in a car with your buddy and you said, we're just going to try to break this record? Yeah, we jumped in a car. In, what kind uh, of car? 550 Marinella Ferrari, 90, 1999 model. Wow. Great car. All right. And yeah. and, and, and you, you stopwatch? How do you time this thing? Um, What's your plan here? Well, really what we did was we were set up to do a bull run rally, and uh, we, we got a bet from a buddy of ours that we couldn't beat the cannonball. So we, we set up in New York, and we already had extra bladder in the trunk for extra fuel, and we had all the jammers and diffusers and you know CB radio and everything else. So, so when you say extra bladder? Uh, extra gas tank. You, have, you, you install that yourself? Yeah, and I mean, literally, it, it literally looked like a giant Capri Sun bag back there okay. with a fuel pump up to it. It We're was trying... a bag of gas, <laughs> literally. <laughs> and uh, and where do you attach this bag of gas? I'm guessing it's got a sip and sip a straw, a sippy straw coming out of it with twirls. And where it's, do you? It's literally you got a, a fifteen dollar fuel pump that goes to the top of the uh, of the gas tank. But how do you calibrate the fuel going into the? I mean, how how do you? We just waited till the main tank got low, and then we flip on the switch and put it back in. Okay. And uh, you know, so, and hope you don't get rear-ended. Uh, exactly. Yeah, this would have would have been way worse than a Pinto. But uh, oh, you know, it was uh, it was just something that we decided to do, and we had a perfect run. We never got. And stopped. so, how wait? How many? I want to st- stick with the gas. How many gallons of gas are you driving with at that point? I think we were carrying about sixty nine, sixty eight or sixty nine of gas. Yeah, but I'm, the one thing that surprises <laughs> the most, my Range Rover does twenty two, and it's got the extra fuel. To we were getting. Serious, serious good gas mileage. I'd have to re- revert back to my notes, but we were getting like 20 and 22 at 160, 170 miles an hour. Wow. The car did fantabulous on gas. We literally only physically stopped the car five times, four times for fuel in both tanks, and one time we had somebody meet us on the freeway right out here at south side of uh, Redondo for uh-huh. a five-gallon splash because we weren't going to make it. And how do you fill up a, a hefty bag full of gas? I mean, <laughs> is there a cap on the bag? Yeah, more or less. It's, it's just like a giant weird plastic <laughs> container thing. We just, you, know, you just jam it, it in. It wasn't even like and a then how do you deal fuel with cell. The, the speeding aspect of it. And, and and police officers and the rest of it. And, you know, just go for it and hope for the best. And you're not famous at this point, or you are? No, I hadn't been on TV yet no, or anything like that. I've done a few fun. things with, right. you know, with some of the rallies with Gumball and Bull Run and things like that. But, you know, I was still just a hot rod guy trying to, trying to get along. I love that. Oh, my God. And, uh, you know, my uh, – and John, who's out there with your manager, who's my business partner there, that guy. You right know, on. Just flipped me off. He <laughs> uh, was the best man for my wedding, and we threw a cannonball run. 
we realized there was this law here in California that if you buy a car you have and you, you already own a car that has insurance, you have 10 days to register and insure it. In other words, you can buy this car and you can just drive it. You don't have to kick it down to the DMV or do anything. So I think the budget was $700. We had four teams of guys. I was a, uh, Je- on a Jehovah Witness team. We okay. were all had white shirts and, and ties. There was a live tissue ambulance that was an old Mercedes diesel. There was a solar radiation test vehicle that had big stickers on it and like, uh, like giant uh, satellite dishes. And it said, stay at least uh, 12,000 feet away from this car. <laughs> <laughs> My car I bought from this really nice old lady in Marina Del Rey. It was a, a, a Olds Delta 88 uh, for $700. And she handed me the keys, and she she cried. She goes, I hope you enjoy it as much as I will. And I said, well, you have no idea, ma'am. You have no idea. And we uh, – <clears throat> the idea was that we would we would drive together to Prim, which I think was, is the last town you get to before you get into mm-hmm. Las Vegas, into Nevada. Um, and then from there, it would be a, a straight, you know, balls-out race. You know, whoever gets to the hotel first wins the trophy. Um and what we've realized in Hollywood on Fairfax, right when we started the whole thing was, you know, since we don't have to worry about these cars, we can kind of smash them up. So you, we got. I remember getting right to the first stoplight and someone just rear-ending about <laughs> 30 miles an hour and all of us laughing. And it was, it was one of the greatest experiences of my life, just not having to worry about getting hit or doing anything. Of course, we were stopped. We were stopped in like two hours in on the way to Vegas by cops. And every time, we had to stop twice. John, John out there was the first guy to get stopped because he was doing the donut around, uh, around an exit ramp. And, the, and the, the state police were right there. And we told them what we were doing, and they just laughed. They said, that is amazing. That's hilarious. You got, go ahead. Just be safe, guys. Be safe. Yeah, yeah. Be safe. Be safe. And I, I got out to Prim. Um, we, we all stopped. We gassed up. And then we, we went to start this race. And I, we were flying up on the road to Vegas. It was all pretty tight. There was not a lot of traffic. We were being as safe as possible. Um, which clearly this was not safe, but we were young idiot kids. <laughs> and uh, my car exploded at 110 miles an hour. <laughs> and, and by that, I mean the bottom of the engine, it went like – and you could probably tell me what happened, but it went boom like this, right? <laughs> I looked behind me, and it was like a James Bond 007 movie. The whole highway was filled with smoke, but you could not see. It was a thick <laughs> wall of fog. Like, so the oil had been dumped into the engine. It was getting pushed through. And the car kind of went off the road, and we thought we were on fire. So my brother and my friend Bill and I just ran from the car <laughs> onto the road as the other three cars went past us beeping and laughing, see you later. And we're 30 miles outside of the city, and we were just left by ourselves. It was right around, I think, 4 or 5 o'clock. And we, st- we took our suitcases out when we realized the car wasn't burning and started walking down the road. And we walked and we walked and it was getting late. The rule was you can't come back and pick these guys up. If you, you. if you don't make it, you don't make it, even if you're the guy getting married. And that was me. <laughs> and we made it to uh, an Albertsons truck stop. You know, just there were a bunch of uh, Albertsons uh, supermarket trucks that they were storing. There was a security guard. And by now it was like dark. It was yep. like 8 o'clock at nighttime. And the security guard looks up and sees us walking <laughs> with our white shirts and our, and our ties and our suitcases and uh, – we go, uh, hey, uh, can we use your phone? And he goes, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, you, you guys pilots? You, <laughs> your plane crash or something? They're like, 
It's too too hard to explain. <laughs> if you ever do that boy, again, I'm in. But boy, was it fun. You can't do it now. You can't do those things because it's, you know, it's reckless. <laughs> it's reckless to drive that way around people in traffic. It, it really is. But I'll put out an invitation for you. Okay. Because me and my buddies are going to do this. Uh, and uh, we're probably going to do it in the spring. But uh, we're going to have uh, me, Magnum PI bumper cars at my oh. shop. So everybody's got to bring their own 308. And oh, uh, you got to wear a mustache good. and a Hawaiian shirt, oh, and we're going to play man. bumper cars to the last one standing. I did a Magnum thing on my. I am so <laughs> in. I love that show. I wear the Tiger's hat. I'm going to do this, but I have to buy my own 308. Yeah, yeah, Will yeah. Will you help me find a cheap one? They're still out there, <laughs> and you're going to smash Ferrari 308. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be great. Part of me is really upset by this, but part of me is very excited. Well, they made a lot of those cars, right? There are a ton of those there cars. They're almost as preferent as Volkswagens. That's right. So we, we can smash them up. Well, look, man, it's uh, really nice meeting you. Yes, sir. Um, I'm excited about the new season of Fast and Loud. It's uh, premiering Monday, October 16th on Discovery Channel. Richard Rollins, everybody. See you next week on Spikes Car Radio. Right on. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Spikes Car Radio. Download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. What's happening, guys? This is Chael Sonnen, America's favorite gangster. Make sure you check out my show, You're Welcome, right here at Podcast One. I've got guests like Stone Cold Steve Austin, Dana White, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and upcoming Brad Pitt and Will Smith are going to be in studio to talk about upcoming projects. Go, listen, enjoy, check it out. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Send a pigeon, send a fax, write it on a postage stamp. Just make sure you are listening to your welcome at Podcast One or download and listen on the Podcast One app. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.